Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg ad-free and right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. This episode of Travel Today with Peter Greenberg is brought to you by audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. It's time for Peter Greenberg Worldwide with America's number one travel news journalist. And now, the man who travels over 400,000 miles each year, your travel detective, Peter Greenberg. Hi everybody, Peter Greenberg here and welcome to the podcast that's done from a different location around the world every single week. One day Canada, the next day Thailand, then New York, London. You just never know. This week we come to you from now Laramar in Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic. Joining me now, speaking about Ask the Locals, uh, is somebody who's the co-founder and editor of Best of Punta Cana, Ellen Maynard. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for having me. Let's talk a little bit about the history of Punta Cana, which when you put it in perspective doesn't go back that far. We're really talking a little bit over 50 years. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, it so is. it's a young place. It is a young place, but uh, with a very fast uh, development. So, and also the growth of the people that are living here, the businesses, uh, yeah, everything. How long have you been here? I've been here for six years. From I, where? So I'm originally from Ghana, West Africa, but I was born- From Accra? Ra- yes, correct, yeah. But I was born and raised in Holland, and I moved here six years ago. With I, hear the Hol- I hear the Dutch accent. You hear yeah. the Dutch accent, exactly, yeah. I love Ghana. It's, it's yeah. an amazing place. It is. And the artwork there, the way they manifest the artwork, yeah. the coffins, Yeah. oh my it's, God. It is. It's, it's, of course, it's a part of the culture, so it's yeah. in the people, but it's so pure 
and so a part of Ghana that, yeah, it's amazing. Okay, so you yep. moved from Ghana to the Netherlands. No, I was born and raised in the Netherlands. So my parents oh, moved from Ghana to Holland, and I was born and raised in okay. Holland. Okay, and then how did you get here? So actually as a holiday, we uh, loved spending time in the Dominican Republic, a uh, different part of the Dominican Republic, and we come from a corporate business, and a few years ago, we were tired of that business and sold everything and thought, okay, let's do a new adventure with our family and let's move to Punta Cana. And here you are. And here I am, and yes, right, six and, years and later. And putting together all the stuff we need to know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, giving a different perspective of well, Punta Cana. Well, here we are. You know, uh, everything is a beach resort. You've got, you've got all the hotels, exactly. all the all-inclusives. Correct. But you go beyond that. Correct, exactly. You're in the neighborhoods. Exactly. We are in the neighborhoods. That was something that I have to say, first of all, uh, the resorts here are amazing. The service, uh, the local people that work in the resort. But I felt like Punta Cana has so much more to offer. The Dominican Republic has so much more to offer. It's such a diverse country with uh, you have mountains, you have beaches, you have different temperatures. They grow fruits in the mountains. So you name it and you got it here. And that's something that we wanted to give with Best of Punta Cana to show more about the Dominican Republic than just the resorts. And stuff that you would not normally find in the brochures. Correct, yes. So surprise me. Where so, do you want to take me that I have no idea? I don't know if you visit Samana before, the Pennsylvania Samana. Uh, that is one of my favorite places in the Dominican Republic. Because? Uh, because it's just so pure, so large, uh, the people. Just imagine yourself taking uh, a four-wheel drive or quad or motorcycle, you know, riding through the mountains, visit coffee plantains, uh, you know, people walking around their houses, just sitting in front of the houses, all those colorful houses, and people are just so pure and so nice, offering you coffee, some rum, you know. It's just the okay. openness. Okay, Ellen, it was the rum, wasn't it? Second, it was the rum. Wasn't it was it? the rum. Yeah. Always okay. the rum. <laughs> See, <laughs> no. I heard. I got it. <laughs> no, but it's just so pure. I found Samana is such a pure place. Okay, that's yeah. one. Give me another. So, and then from so, so a place uh, nearby here is Macau Beach. Macau Beach, we know, yes. Yeah, and I love Macau Beach as well, especially on Sundays when you have a mixture of local and tourists uh, at Macau Beach, uh, having a, a fried fish, let a me guess. Let me guess. Rum. No, not rum. Pina colada. Wait, wait, excuse rum. me. What's in a pina colada? You can add rum. You can have a virgin or a. And which one? A, and which one do you have, Ellen? On Sundays, I take the one with the rum. Thank you very yeah. much. Okay, fine. <laughs> but let's talk about the elephant in the room too, because mm -hmm. because the Dominican Republic got hit hard this year. Correct. In the last year, I should say. Correct. Uh, about personal safety and crime. Correct. You've lived here how many years now? Six years. What's your opinion about that? So my opinion about is. Uh, I travel a lot. I'm fortunate that I can travel a lot. And everywhere you go, of course, things happen in every country, every destination. My personal experience with the Dominican Republic is that I live here. My youngest son is nine years old, and we travel everywhere. My husband is Dutch, so he's not from here. So, you know, he stands out in a crowd. But we travel everywhere, and we never feel unsafe. You know, just using your common sense, what you wouldn't do in any country, even not in Holland. So. Uh, that's my personal experience. And that's the, the moment that we moved here, uh, we traveled everywhere. And we, the only thing that I can say is that people are so helpful. If you are stuck with your car on the road, they will, the people will stop and help you. And, you know, it's so, yeah, that is the Dominican Republic. That is the people. And know? yet, and yet yeah. the optics are, when I was coming here, how many people called me and said, oh, be I careful, know. are you crazy? I know, but 
I think those people, I don't know if they ever experienced the Dominican Republic like we do, and I'm talking about expats and the local people and the people that work here, because I think we have a totally different experience, and I think their experience is more from what they hear on the news, see on the television, and that is, of course, some of it is true. I'm not going to say that this is 100% safe here. Of course, things happen, but definitely not on the places where you have a lot of people going on, and that's the same in any country. Exactly. Yeah. So you're happy? I'm very happy. You're staying? I'm staying for sure. All right. Yeah. Well, as long as you're staying, where are you taking me for breakfast? So I would say uh, Breakers Cafe is one of my favorites. Uh, that is in Bavra. So Punta Cana have different kind of regions. So you have like the Bavra region, you have Capcana, you have Punta Cana, you have Veron. Breakers Cafe is located in Bavro. And it's a European restaurant, but with a lot of Dominican influence, and they have the, the meanest breakfast and lunch there. So, yeah, I okay. would definitely what, what take are, it What there. are we ordering? You are ordering the poached egg or <laughs> the, the, the Dominican specialty, the mango. That's also delicious. And, 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 and where do rice and beans fit in? Uh, rice and beans fit in this culture, like, uh, how do you say it? Like yin and yang, it goes, <laughs> it really goes together. And don't forget the chicken. And I think the Dominicans are really serious about that. And even the, the expats, I'm here as well. And my children love rice and beans. When they come, when they come to school, they wanted to, to eat it. It's a part of the culture. And it's, uh, so that's yeah. it. It's done. You're in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. where are we going for dinner? Oh, so for dinner, you have a lot of great places. One of my favorite is Pranama, that is located uh, in Bafra as well. That's By the way, you're Indian the second person who told me about an Indian restaurant. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, just because of the owners as well. He's Indian, and he has such a great personality. He's always there. He's such a host, and makes sure, you know, he entertains his guests and makes sure that you have a wonderful evening when you go there. Okay, can yeah. I ask the stupid question? Of course. Always. Coco Bongo. Coco Bongo, Yeah. I would say that's a must-do. Once. 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 Exactly. Like, I lived here I'm, I'm, for six years, and I just went once, and that's enough. It's, you know, but, but when it's your friends nice. come, you want to take them. Exactly. When my friends come. What is Coco Bongo? So, Coco Bongo is like a disco with a huge entertainment um, an entertainment program behind it. And from the moment that you get in until the moment that you leave is one big of uh, excitement of a thrill with everything that they do, the shows, uh, you will see uh, Michael Jackson, of course, not the real one, Madonna. Oh, you, really, you think? You think? Yeah. Okay, but, yeah. <laughs> exactly, uh, giving shows, but it's just amazing. It's a great experience. It's a really great, uh, fun night out. Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. I always love to find the expats. I always like to find the folks that have made a conscious decision to move out of their comfort zone and uh, you know, enter a brave new world, whether it's Western Europe, Western Africa, uh, you know, in the middle of, of, uh, of Asia, or right here in the Dominican Republic. And uh, so, of course, you have to find somebody from Hershey, Pennsylvania, who uh, came here seven years ago and decided to stay. And that's, and that's Ashley Vinsky, who is, you are an American expat, you make jewelry, 
and you hang at the beach. Yeah. <laughs> what brought you down here? Um, so I actually came here when I was a little girl on vacation, um, when I was like five for the first time, and my parents always kept coming back, and then eventually they decided to buy some property and build a house, but when I graduated from school, I couldn't find a job in the states that I wanted. And mom or, said, come home? Uh, yeah, my parents were definitely a little nervous um, about me coming here, because we would only come for like a week or a month the most at a time. And why were they nervous? Um, just because I was 22 years old and living here by myself and they had a lot of different experiences with how the country was before You know, it's grown a lot in the past 20 years. So well, let's talk about the elephant in the room for a second because Obviously the DR had its share of bad publicity with you know the nine so-called unexplained deaths Americans are being very fearful of coming um, I like to think that with millions of Americans coming to you know to the Dominican Republic every year nine unexplained deaths, there are probably nine unexplained deaths in Indianapolis. So how does that impact you? Um, yeah, so it's, I mean, like you said, there's nine, there could be nine explained deaths in somewhere in the States. Um, as I mentioned, my parents were nervous about me living here before, but now my sister lives in New York City and they're more nervous that she's gonna go into the city one day and you know something's gonna happen there than them being worried about me maybe getting a flat tire on the side of the road and someone approaching me or, you know, being out at night and someone approaching me. Um, I, I think it's a shame that the media flipped it and, you know, was so, there were so many people jumping to so many conclusions at first. I have a lot of friends here that have lost jobs. Um, they've, you know, they're hurting. They can't even feed their families, some of them. 11 hotels closed down. I don't think that's ever happened here before. 11 resorts just shut down and told their people, you have a job when they, we reopen, but you might not, you know, you're not gonna get paid for the next two months. So yeah, I, you can definitely see here that people are hurting because they haven't been making money because people are afraid to come and they sh really shouldn't be. And you're not afraid? Absolutely not, no. Tell me why. Um, I mean, I, like I said, I've been coming here since I was a little girl. I think it's just, I've traveled a lot and I've been, I lived in Argentina as well, for example. I studied there and I was, more worried walking down the street at night by myself. I was constantly looking over the, my shoulder more than I've ever been scared here. In, in Argentina? Yeah, exactly, in Buenos Aires. And I was in a very like wealthy part of the city. Um, you know, people don't have, there's not random attacks here. That when you hear about robberies or things happening, they're planned and people are not going after you to kill you or, you know, it's not like this, massive like I wanted to deconstruct the world type of deal it's because they want your watch you know it's petty theft because this is still very much a third world country in many ways um, but I think just like anywhere you travel whether you go you know into the city closest to where you live or you travel to somewhere new you just don't venture to places that you shouldn't you don't go down dark alleys you don't look for things that you shouldn't um, I think that's another problem you know that is kind of an elephant in the room is that people come here and they overindulge and it's very easy to get things here that you can't get at home um, that are illegal and that's something that's not usually discussed right people don't say oh i did this while i was there they just say i got sick it's yeah <laughs> well when you overindulge there's a really good chance you're going to get sick exactly so for those people listening back in hershey pennsylvania for example what would be your advice to them I would say if you've never been here before to definitely go to a resort. Um, I think it's a great first 
experience, you know, especially because I know a lot of people from rural Pennsylvania do come here on vacation. And it's the first vacation they've ever taken. Go to an all-inclusive resort. Go on excursions that are through your tour operator. Don't buy it from some random Joe Schmo on the beach um, that's trying to sell it to you for 50 Joe Schmo's cheaper. on the beach? I've been looking for <laughs> yeah. Joe Schmo. Oh, there's a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> Schmo tours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, just use your head. If your gut's giving you a bad feeling, go with your gut. That's well, I always say this, thing. pack basic common sense. Exactly. I completely agree. No matter where you're going. Yeah. Whether it's Beverly Hills or Bogota, it doesn't really matter. An American expat from Hershey, Pennsylvania, who's been here for the last seven years, a jewelry maker and the founder of Expat Turned Islander Shop. What is that? Um, so I started a shop making jewelry with sea glass as well as shells and coral and different things that I find on the beach here. Um, it's just kind of a, it started as a hobby. I had a friend that lived here that moved to Mexico and she was really having a hard time there. So I sent her a necklace with a piece of sea glass and as a, hey, you can take the Dominican Republic with you anywhere you travel. Don't forget it's close to you. And then it just kind of turned into a shop because people started to ask me to make things for them. And that's how you're supporting yourself. Um, somewhat, yes. I also have two other jobs. I work in tourism also. Well, you see, that's anytime you go to a tourist destination, this is not an unusual situation where people are holding down more than one job. Yeah, for sure. I would say almost all my friends have more than one job. Exactly. But how many other American expats are down here hanging with you? I have one other ex expat friend, and she actually came here because of me. We met studying in Argentina, and my first job here had a work abroad program. So she came for work abroad, and like me, she got sucked in by the black hole of Puna Cana and didn't leave. And explain the jewelry to me. Um, so, yeah, I... Pretty much, there's a town nearby called Bayhibe, as well as um, the surf beach called Macau, and I find sea glass, which is essentially garbage. It's glass bottles that people threw in the ocean and it tumbled. Yeah, but sea glass has a special meaning because it's already been polished and burnished and rough edges taken off by the ocean. Yes, exactly. So it takes at least seven years for the glass to tumble and start becoming, it changes the color and the texture. So, for example, you can find glass here because this was one of the first cities in the New World. I found pieces of glass that supposedly date back to, you know, ships from the 18 and 1900s in Bayhive, which is a small fishing village where explorers arrive. So it's, you know, it, it's also a piece of history. It's kind of an eco-friendly type of business because I'm taking trash out of the ocean. But it also has a really cool meaning behind it. Also, you know, sea glass has turned and turned and turned, and it's taking something that was broken and old and making it new and beautiful again. You're giving it a new life. Exactly. And where, how, should, how are you actually mounting it? Um, so I, it, sometimes I buy my own, or I buy wire and create my own earrings. And I like to make earrings. That's what I specialize in making and rings. Um, sometimes I buy pre-made um, like earrings and mounts and add the sea glass to them. Now going back to all your friends in Hershey, Pennsylvania and other places that you've been, do they look at you as sort of a rebel? Um, yeah, for sure. They definitely think I'm crazy, and I still have friends seven years later asking me, like, well, when are you coming back? Like, you can't stay there forever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can. <laughs> <laughs> Do they ever come down and visit you? Um, I have had a handful of friends that come back. I find that it's usually the ones that, once they come once, they come back again. And if you ask anybody that's been here, they'll tell you the same thing. It seems to suck people back in always. It's a beautiful place, and it's easy to get to from the states it's a quick flight so yeah. yeah people don't realize that there are 60 cities that are flying to the Dominican Republic Punta Cana gets about 31 of those cities 
It's unbelievable. You can get you can actually get here from just about anywhere. Yeah, and that's the other thing too. When my friends are like, "Well, why would you want to live there? You're in the middle of the Caribbean, like on a rock." I'm like, "Well, I can actually fly to Europe cheaper some parts of the year and go on an amazing holiday or adventure than it, to go home to Pennsylvania." By the way, I was checking out the airfares, and you're absolutely right. Uh, there are British Airways flights here. There are uh, flights from Avianca and, and Columbia here. You've got, well, you had a problem because Thomas Cook failed, but TUI is coming in. You can go to Germany. And those fares are dirt cheap. Yeah, I flew to Brussels. I think that was last yeah, year, about a year ago. And it cost me less than $400 round trip. And I went for 15 days. Whoa. Yeah, so it's... It was a package? Uh, no, it was just the airfare because I have a lot of friends that live there, so I yeah. did a lot of traveling. But so you were couch surfing. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And <laughs> yeah, but 400 staying. bucks on a, on a European airfare is not bad. I yeah. mean, one way you could use it right now, even though nobody looks at the Dominican Republic as a transportation hub, you could easily come down here, hang out for a couple of days, and then buy another round trip ticket from here to Europe, cheaper than it would be costing you for going from New York. Yeah, and you know what? I have a friend that owns a hostel in Macau Beach, and I've met a lot of people going out there that. Um, a lot of Europeans and South Americans that actually travel through South America and this is a major pit stop for them because you can get so many places so cheap. Usually people come here and then go to Colombia. Right, but they discover that when they get here they didn't always have a plan. Yeah, they definitely didn't always have a plan but the more people I'm talking to the more I'm finding out that that's kind of getting, words getting out that it's a good middleman. Hey, word place. just got out right now. We just told <laughs> them. I mean, I'm, literally the, the airport in Punta Cana is not necessarily known as a hub. But yeah. you can do it if you, if you don't mind staying in Punta Cana for a couple of days and then continuing on. I actually noticed I was just um, out of the country in, uh, in Canada. When I returned, I noticed that they have a connection line now in immigration, and they never had that before. Well, there's the first indication that yeah. they're turning into a hub. Anytime you see a sign say connecting flights or transfers, you know something's getting out. Yeah, it's definitely that was never there before. I've flown in and out of here a million times, and I've never noticed it. And by the way, there are about 60 flights a week just to Canada. It's unbelievable the, the amount of, of traffic that's coming in from, from Canada. Yeah, I actually work for a Canadian student travel company and for the longest time they're bringing close to 2,000 students here a year for their graduation trip. So it's definitely a big destination for Canadians as well. If you are continuing on to another Southwest destination, please make sure that you check the monitors inside the terminal for your proper gate and flight information. If you are continuing on with another airline, we really don't care. Sylvia Mendez is with us right now. She's a Uruguayan expat, which is another whole story. But she's the founder of Rescateme, which, of course, in Spanish means rescue me. Uh, and they're the animal rescue guys we've been talking about throughout the show. It was only founded seven, seven years ago, right? Yes, correct. Uh, I am one of the founders of Rescatame. We are all uh, expats living here in Punta Cana, and we saw so much need and so many animals on the street that we actually wanted to give something back to the community and help in that way. Mostly dogs? Dogs and some cats, not as many as dogs, but yes, mostly dogs. And, you know, I, I remember going down to the Turks and Caicos and they called them the pot cakes. Yes. You know, and, and these are the dogs that, you know, really needed all the help. Yes. When you see these dogs, they're in, they're in various states of, of condition, obviously. Correct. One important thing that we do is that we offer uh, food every every week, every every weekend when we are off our daily jobs because we all work uh, full uh, full schedule uh, jobs in the uh, tourism industry here in Punta Cana. So using our spare time and our days off from our daily jobs, we actually purchase a lot of dry dog food and we deliver it to several places around the area where there are like small packs of dogs that we have already spayed and neutered and are kind of uh, controlled. 
to feed them and to keep them healthy. And we also offer like basic medical care, um, the warmer for intestinal parasites and uh, flea and tick prevention. So those three, thing, three things, sorry, they really help keep them, uh, keep them healthy. Now, you are, you know, you're working with local vets, I know that. Yes. But do you actually have a physical shelter? No, we don't uh, yet. There are no shelters in this uh, part of the island. So that makes your job even tougher. Yes, it is. It is um, and it is sometimes very, very difficult to see so many animals in the street. Although it would be, it would be kind of a major challenge to open a rescue uh, shelter around here because in a couple of days you would actually have like 200 dogs in there. And you will need a millionaire to, to be able to support that kind of operation. <laughs> so for any millionaires listening to the show right yes, now, please. Sylvia needs your help. <laughs> but when you think about it, I mean, dog lovers and animal lovers really have that in common. They will, put, they will step, step up to the plate and help out. Yes. One thing that we actually promote and we do very actively is that we organize spay and neuter clinics, events, weekend events to uh, spay and neuter as many dogs and cats as we, as we can, both from the street and also owned by local people who cannot afford to pay for that medical service for their pets. And that, I think, is the most important part of our mission because it's the only thing that will have a long-lasting impact and will help reduce the overpopulation of animals on the street. And how bad is the overpopulation situation right now? It is bad. Um, since we started uh, with the spay neuter uh, clinics in 2013, we have spayed and neutered 4,000 dogs and cats, and there are still thousands more in the streets. Has that had an impact? It has, yes. It has, and it has had an impact on the people, on the local people. We have been able to see a difference, because when we just started with the spay and neuter clinics, we would go door to door with our own cars and knock on people's doors and offer them free spay and neuter surgery and free transportation for the dog back and forth, and they would say no because they were not used to the concept of spaying and neutering. They thought it was a bad thing. Right now, we have seen that as we around. have progressed, they have started to understand the concept, and then they actually call us and they ask, when is the next event having, uh, having place? So progress is being made. Let yes. me ask, for the people listening to the show who may be coming down to Punta Cana, mm -hmm. how do they get involved and volunteer with you? Yes, we have a couple of uh, things that they can do. We do our weekly rounds, delivering dog food around, and that usually happens on Saturday mornings. So many people, many tourists do email us and they ask how they can join me. So it's, it's me driving my car around the uh, few places around the area. So and I, how do I we go. find you? Usually they find our website or our uh, Facebook page. Which our, is? our website is www.riscatame.org. Rescatame, spelled R-E-S-C-A-T-A-M-E dot org. Correct. And we also have a Facebook page, which is Rescatame Punta Cana. Now, the other interesting thing is, should I want to go rescue a dog with you, mm -hmm. you can help me do that. Correct. With a number of the different airlines that fly down here, and I can fly them home. Correct. And we can also contact, uh, put you in contact with a local veterinarian professional who will actually do all the vaccinations. And, and the all the certificates, exactly, yes. Exactly. All the documents needed for the dog or the cat to fly out. And a big shout out to at least one airline, which is Air Transat in Canada. Correct. If you happen to be going back to Canada with your dog, they fly it back for free. Yes. If it's a rescue dog and if you are a accredited uh, rescue organization, we just need to email them seven days before the flight date and they will allow one person to take up to four dogs at once. Riding along in my automobile My baby beside me at the wheel Cruising and playing the radio 
with no particular place to go. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Audible.com has more than 150,000 titles and virtually every genre. So check it out for yourself. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. I never go anywhere without talking to the locals because local knowledge is supreme. Uh, it's, it goes way beyond the, uh, the tour brochures and the guidebooks. And so uh, my next guest, Wanda Compress, is the author of Greater Than a Tourist, the Dominican Republic, 50 travel tips from a local and she is a local because she is a Dominican Republic native, correct? That is right. Born and raised. Indeed. So, you know, so many people, and I know you, you, you'll embrace this, uh, this notion, so many people will come to the DR, whether it's Punta Cana or Santo Domingo or anywhere else, and enjoy the beach and enjoy the restaurants and enjoy the hotels, but never, ever leave the resorts. That is right, and mostly when people think about a vacation in the Dominican Republic, they will simply book a non-inclusive resort, and not and, there, and there's nothing wrong. No, no. no, that's perfectly great. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, uh, it's a very easy way to book a vacation. Everything is there. You have access to the beach. You have your meals covered. Your access your to the bar. Exactly. And they even throw in uh, tours to some important landmarks or some key destinations. However, you can balance it out by doing a lot of stuff on your own and getting out that door. Exactly. And that is that is a starting to become very, very uh, big in the Dominican Republic. People's not not coming to the all inclusive resorts only anymore. We are, we are growing in, for example, Airbnb. So you can go anywhere in this country and stay at a local house where you're going to have access to, to regular people and actually You're in get the neighborhood. Meet, yes, yeah, right. the Dominican culture, for real. Exactly. Or the National Park. Yes. And, and that's the thing. I mean, you, you think about the Dominican Republic and you think about the beach and you think about the exotic part of it. But there's more on this island than just being at a at a at, an, at a bar or at a beach, having uh, water coconut or having piña colada. There's more than that. There's a lot of history. And if you go to a place, for example, like Los Aitises, which is a national, national park, park, yeah, you're going to find caves with pictograms from the in, from the in, indigenous that the Tainos yes from the Tainos and you're going to get a feeling of what we where we really come from when you're in the rainforest and looking at the mangroves and and just riding around that piece of real Dominican it's like driving back in history of course and of course Zona Colonial I love that yes you that is something that no one who visits this country can miss. 
because that is the real essence of where we were, where we started. I mean, it's the oldest city built in, in the Americas. It, you're, you have to go to, the, to, to our cathedral, the first cathedral built in, in the new country, in the new world, to call it a way, right? And, and walk around. Don't just go into a hotel and stay there. And don't just take a cab from one location to another. You have to walk you gotta around. You've got to walk to see it, exactly. Yes, you have to walk around the Zona Colonial and get to know the, the local markets where you're going to see the cigars, the Dominican flag being sold everywhere, and the hats, and also the Mama Juana. You have to buy a Mama Juana in Santo Domingo. I had one. I already had one, of course. Did you like it? I did. <laughs> has a little kick to it, doesn't it? <laughs> Indeed. It, it does. Hey. But here's the other thing, and I don't want to be a revisionist history person, but the name Christopher Columbus, when it comes to Santo Domingo, when it comes to the whole country of the Dominican Republic, it has to be put in perspective because I grew up, as I'm sure you did, celebrating Columbus Day or celebrating the man who discovered the New World. And it's now time to, I think, take a different look at this guy. I mean, I started reading newly researched biographies on him. Whoa, this guy was not a nice guy. In the last, in the last couple of years or the last decade, I would say, it's like if we had been taken off the, the, the bend from our eyes. We've uncovered the reality of what happened to our, to our Tainos. The, How, the, the indigenous people here were almost destroyed by him. They were. Yeah. Not almost, they were. I mean, it, it, it took away all, all where we come from, everything that, that represented what we were when we were simply the Tainos, when we were back in our origins, right? And everything was swamped away, everything was destroyed, and a new world was, a new world was built, but it didn't, it, it, it was built over stamping on everything that we already were. It proves the point, and I don't want to sound too cynical, but that the history books were written by the guys who won the war, not necessarily by the person who could tell the true story. Yes, and, and it's sad to say that we grew up and we, all our time in school, that's the only version of the story that we got to see. Sure, I know. We had to grow up, we had to become adults to realize that there was another side of the story. And now you can actually walk the Zona Colonial and many other parts of this country and now look at Columbus and see that history in a whole different light. Yes, definitely. And, and I mean, it will, not, it will never lose its value as a monument, as a landmark. And it's and what it represents being the first city in 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 this side of the of the world, but it's it's a new version of it. It's it's something that I don't know. It's it's like we are, we have awakened to the reality. And there are many other realities too. I mean, do you have great beaches? You do. Punta Cana has miles of them. Punta Cana has ten beaches, and out of those ten. There's a few that have been, uh, they have been called the, the top or the greatest, the greatest one in the, in the Caribbean. So imagine living in a country where you have the beach two, three hours away tops, and it is actually one of the most beautiful in the Caribbean. How lucky can I be? I know. <laughs> but, but you know what? It's got to be beyond the beach, too. And when I think about it, when you think about the food, 
you think about the culture, the music, the history, the dance, right? And sustainability, all those things come into play now. Yes. And and I mean the the, the we we as a as a country and as a culture, we are we're the kind of people that we are all about giving. We are very friendly, we're very nice. So we are very welcoming. Everything that is part of our culture, it's it's embraced with that uh, feeling or that need to represent our culture and to offer it to the world. And you do. You're not shy about it. <laughs> it's true. I love it. What's special about Punta Cana to you? Well, Punta Cana, Punta Cana represents for the country represents one of the of the most important and most popular destinations for touristic uh, activities and and what it's adding to the country as for what it for what it means being that tourist tourism is it's basically one of our top uh, means of income in the country so now I'm, 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 you, you got to step up to the plate and hit a few out of the park for me assume I've never been to Punta Cana Assume I don't, I just, I'm, I'm newly arrived. I'm sitting at the all-inclusive resort. I'm enjoying my pina colada at the beach. <laughs> but where do you want to take me? Well, the first place I'm going to take you is, it's very close. It's right here in Punta Cana, and it's called Hoyo Azul. It's this small pond located in the middle of a forest. We have to actually walk there, so it's going to be a short climb. And then, what's, your, what's your idea of a short climb? It's going to take us around an hour and change. Okay, excuse me, everybody. That is not a short <laughs> climb. <laughs> it's not a hard one, though. Okay. So, and, and you're going to enjoy it a lot. It's, and i got to bring my bathing suit, too. Yes, because we are going to jump into a 65-deep pond. And it's How high blue. am I jumping from? It's high, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's something yeah, that you're A short walk that's an hour, a jump that's high. <laughs> and a water that is cold. So it's a wake-up call all around, <laughs> but I'm going to love it. You're going to love it. You're never going to forget that. The that water part I is got. so blue that you're going to be amazed. It's like a cenote in a second. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so that's one. Then I'm going to take you out of that all-inclusive resort, and I'm going to take you to Valle de las Aguilas. And where we're going to stay there, instead of staying on a relaxing bed in a comfortable room, we're going to stay there in a tent. Hotels are yet not allowed in this area. It's a protected area. So the way in which hotels operate in, in Valle de las Aguilas, they have to be, um, it's mostly like tents. So we're going to go camping at the beach. And it's one, just so you know, it's one of the most beautiful beaches in the Caribbean. It's graded as, as top, one of the top in the country in almost every uh, every traveling website. But no facilities, you're roughing it. Yep. Okay, but that's that's not a bad day trip, you know. <laughs> you, but we're a, overnighting. Yes. Okay. Campfire? Indeed. Ooh. We can't we can go to, to right. a camp without and what are we it. And what are we cooking? We're cooking right there. But we're what are we cooking? Fish. Uh, what kind of fish? Well, it depends on the season. Okay. We have to be we have to be mindful of what goes on in in our beaches, right? We have to be mindful of our fish. Okay, so we're going to cook some mindful fish. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's another one. But in terms of restaurants, 
Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, where are you taking me? Well, there's this restaurant in right here in Punta Cana. It's called Carbon Caribbean uh, Cuisine. And if you're in the Dominican Republic, you have to have some beans. You have to have some rice. You need to have some sancocho. You can't sancocho leave the country is? without it. Sancocho is it's a form of a stew with different type of proteins. We normally put chicken, pork, beef in there, and then potatoes, yuca, and, uh, and some other veggies. But it's... I mean, it's it's a must. Okay, so that's one restaurant. And then you have you need to go to a seafood restaurant. You're in an island. There's this other place. It's called La Yola, and I'm actually heading there right after this interview to celebrate my wedding anniversary tonight. Congratulations! All right. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what are you ordering? I am thinking about some. Uh, Salmon. I've heard that they have a special sauce made of passion fruit. I haven't tried it yet, but tonight is the night. Hey, anniversary passion fruit, I get it. <laughs> they go along, right? They do. They do. So the bottom line is within about a 30 to 40 mile radius of where we are right now, all of these things are, are, are there. Yes. And and another thing that, that, that is important to know is that to get around Punta Cana, you don't need to do it in a tour. You don't need to sit there and wait for... Uh, you can for, bike. You can do... You, you can bike. You can rent a, a four-wheel. You can, you can go horseback riding around the beach and go from one beach to another and get to know different ones on your stay that ain't bad I'm, I'm always I'm always attracted to different modes of transportation <laughs> so ATV bike and horse yes as opposed to bus yeah definitely I mean traffic is not necessarily the best especially around peak hours so look for another way and other ways are available for you and by the way my biggest advice to anybody whether they're coming to Punta Cana or any other beach destination is get up around four in the morning and then, you know, get dressed, go down in the, in the pre-dawn hours, walk the beach, and jump in the water at around 6. <sighs> That's, uh, can I hear that again? <sighs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> That's what you do. No crowds. No, it's just you and the mindful fish. Yes. That, that sounds like a, like a dream come true. It is a dream come true, but you can make it true because it's accessible to you. That's the key to all travel. It's got to be accessible. And here it is. And you know what? I'm not saying don't stay at the all-inclusive. Do it. We're, we're actually broadcasting from an all-inclusive. But the bottom line is you can balance it out. And then guess what you get to do? You get to have fun. Should there be a rapid change in cabin pressure, oxygen masks will automatically drop from the compartment above your seat free of charge. And to start the flow of oxygen, pay your flight attendant $75.63. Valor, he's the host of Ola Punta Cana. Ola Punta Cana. There's that radio voice. Oscar Serda, how are you, sir? Very good, very good. Thanks for, for inviting me. Oh, no. Ha thanks here. for having us in, in Punta Cana. Having here. This is essentially, when you think about Punta Cana, a yeah. new country lo location. When you think of the history of this country, it's, it's, Punta Cana is, not, is not, you know, not an old location. No, no. It's very new location. I think it's about uh, 50 years old. Uh, it begins with a Raineri family. You are in his, their places. Yeah. And I think so begin, all, all, everything begins with the airport. 50 years, yeah, 50 years. Exactly. Yeah, 50 and, years. And the airport, by the way, I mentioned earlier in the show, 
I think it was the first and the only real privately owned international airport in the world. I think there are three. And he's, uh, this airport is the second one private international in the world. Right. Yeah, it's and very important. There's a lot to be said for an airport that you get to control. Yeah. <laughs> it's, very, it's, it's easy to, 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 to think about it. Uh, we have the very nice airport, the first one. Um, and with that, with a nice uh, building, architectonic. Yep. Uh, the design, the word that I find, uh, and I think uh, it's unique in that way to see. Now we know. Uh, now this is radio, but I can tell you like to eat. Yeah, I like to eat. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I like to eat. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the food. Yeah. Uh, not just the traditional Dominican food, but the food that you like to eat. So let's assume that we've that I just showed up at the private airport and you're meeting me at the gate. And you're going to take me to breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Where are we going? First, we have to visit our local places, our best places for the, for the breakfast. We can go here in Putrena Village on the Valle Valentina. You can eat there a very good egg, egg with, uh, with avocado toast. Very, very nice. And you can go to Broad. Broad is a bagel shop here in Putrena Village. And can then... I, I, wait, wait, wait. Stop right there. Yeah, there are a lot for me. Wait a minute. I gotta, when somebody <laughs> mentions bagels, I got I to gotta pin them down. Okay. Are there any good bagels outside of New York and, and Montreal, truly? Uh, you have to try. I think so, yeah. Ah, I think so, yeah, okay. I think so. You but have to try. Give, give me an opportunity. You okay. can go. Okay, okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll check it out. All right, so that's where we're going to go for breakfast. What about lunch? Lunch, you can, here too in the, in the village, in the village, we have a lot of spots. We have like, like 11, uh, not 20, 10, 11 pot, food spots we have from... Where do you like to go? I love to everywhere. I, I I go every week to everyone to uh, to each one, you know, because I have to visit my my partners in crime. Uh, but I'm gonna tell you the burger. The burger is my preference. You know, where, I, I where? love burlao. Burlao. Burlao is where you go. Burlao. It's Burlau. a real burger, not it's an impossible nice burger. burger. It's very nice burger. It's very nice burger. Very nice burger. Okay. You have to taste it. Now I want you to explain to me the mama juana. Mama juana. Wow. It's, there are, there are a lot of different. Uh, recipes, yeah. we can tell about it. Uh, they are uh, in the north part of the island, they are a way for, to make the Mama Juan. In the east part, there are another way to do okay, it. Okay, before we get to the variations, explain what it is. Mama Juan is a frodisiac. It's, a <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's like a, it's tasty, very, very sweet. Yeah. Have a, a lot of rum, have a lot of melaza. I don't know how to say the English. Melaza. Molasses, yeah. English, the, yeah, same, yeah. the same. And a, a lot of uh, woods, woods, or uh, roots, roots, roots. Herbs. Roots, uh, roots, uh, roots, roots okay. is the name. Yeah, it's the word. It's the word. So, the, so the mythology is it's an aphrodisiac. It's aphrodisiac. Some place, in some area of the north part of the island, uh, they they put uh, uh, the uh, male uh, member of the tortuga or the turtle. The male member of the tortuga. Yeah, yeah. Some places in the north part of the island, they put two uh, the root, the melasa, the rum, and the male member <laughs> i got the I, I got the concept oscar yeah. have you had that drink yeah a little time <laughs> yeah, I have a, a lot of times i have a mama in my house <laughs> you know now that i look at you you look very much like a tortuga yeah 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 but i have the how do you call the shield in the front <laughs> <laughs> no in the back so th is there an appropriate warning saying you may be drinking part of a turtle? No, 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 no. It's only, it's only I, I taste it. It is a flavor. Oh, now you're just admitting to tasting yeah, it. Yeah, I taste it. You chugged it. You chugged it. I know you did. No, I don't even, I never eat a tortuga. Okay. A turtle. Wait, not knowingly. Yeah. yeah. Not only, not knowingly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and now for dinner, where are we going? 
There are a lot of places I can refer you a pranama. Yeah, sorry for that. A pranama is a very it's a Asian food. It's an Indian food restaurant. It's very tasty. It's very tasty. They have a lot of flight flavor. And I already hear you before talking about vegan food. You can go to La Amaluna. It's the only one, the, the unique, uh, uh, the first one in the area. They, they only make vegan food. Vegan food. Vegan but food. Indian food in, Indian food in, here. The, in the Dominican Republic. Yeah, very truly Indian hey, look, food. The best Italian food I had was in Lucerne. The best Chinese food I had was at Amman, Jordan. So why not Indian food in you the Dominican Republic? It. Yeah. You've been listening to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Catch us each week as we broadcast from a new location somewhere around the world. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts.